Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. Do you hear this? Now, sometimes holiness makes you stand out. Matter of fact, it will always make you stand out. Because you're going to be just like this, this little person. Not only is he a different color or a different breed from these people, but he's turned in a different direction. Holiness has the potential to turn you in a different direction than the other people who are in the world. You're going to have to sometimes go against the grain, so to speak. You're going to bump into people. You're going to get in people's way. And, and they have their mind set on going this way while you're going the opposite. God has placed you in a position of holiness that you might rub off on people. You missed that one, huh? Uh-huh. Holiness really is contagious because of the blessings that, it com- that comes with it. When you're living holy, baby, your life changes. And when life changes from the way you used to be, blessings and favor come upon your life. And people don't like you, but they like your favor and they like your blessing. And therefore, you will be able to rub off on them. They will like being with you even though they don't like you. You're missing this, all right? You don't understand why people are hanging around you. And you know they don't like you and you don't like them, but something about them keeps putting you all together. Something keeps drawing. It's like a moth to a flame. It's just drawing them in. And they, and they laugh, they smile, they be around you, but they just, they, they're jealous. And God don't mind them being jealous of you because they can't outdo you. You holy. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to tell them about it. It's just something that's on you. And matter of fact, when you try to explain it, they're not going to want to hear it. I'm telling you the truth. If you decide to pick up on this teaching, and if you decide to live by it, get ready for change. Mm-hmm. But thank God, he is so awesome that he will, he will make even your enemies your footstool. All they can do is watch you walk around in your glory. Because when you're living holy, God is living through you. You and him, you all are walking together. And that's what God wants. He wants a body that he can use to walk in on this earth. For God's a spirit. And God needs a body to move around here on this earth. When God wants to bless you, he normally do it through somebody. A willing vessel. A body that he can use. So today we're going to be talking about not only holiness, but for 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord in holiness. Perfecting holiness through the fear of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and 1 from the New Living Translation. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. Body or spirit, body and spirit, because we know we got some stuff in our body. We know we don't understand what's really going on in our spirit. I'm going to talk about that a little bit today. And let us work toward complete wholeness because what? We fear God. Uh huh. Because we fear God. Well, before we start breaking this down, let's look at what he's actually talking about. What it says because of these promises. What promises are, 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 you know, are being discussed here? What is he talking about? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 18, this passage that Paul wrote about the requirements of separate from worldly influence. 
so that we can live in walking distance with God. You know what? What is walking distance? Does anybody know what walking distance is? Huh? <laughs> Walk that get that quick. All right. If I'm in walking distance with you, how far are we apart? Yeah, pretty close, huh? Uh-huh. I, I, I really can reach out and touch. Uh-huh. You know I don't do this in this church. But just, 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 just touch somebody. Just walking distance. Uh-huh. I know you don't want to be touched, but, but I'm just trying to give you a point of how close God wants to be. All right? He wants to be in walking distance with you. All right? That he can just reach out and touch him, and you can reach out and touch him. And touch him. It's just touching. It's, it's closeness is what God's trying to say. He's going to give you the requirements of walking close enough to touch him. Now, in the Old Testament, you couldn't get that close to God. But for the New Testament, God has torn the veil and opened the way up where you can walk so close that you can reach out and touch you probably, if you are any level advanced a little bit in your spiritual life, that you can almost just close your eyes and just and feel it. Not that you feel it, but it's almost like you stick your hand into something that's like, wow. That's walking distance. Every now and then, you, you might want to test your relationship and say, God, I just want to sense your presence. And just feel it rush through your body. I'm, I'm too deep for you. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, all right. Well, let's see what these instructions are or what these requirements are for me to be able to walk in distance with God. Since Paul said, because of these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse. Because of these promises, let us cleanse. Because of these promises, let us cleanse ourselves. Let us get ourselves together from everything that might defile this body and spirit. And let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. So let's see what these promises are. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 18. I'm reading this from the King James Version. I know some of y'all don't even want to read that. You know, I, I, let me just let you sit there and read it for yourself for a moment. Just let it soak in, all right? Because sometimes this can be the, the, the most heaviest thing that come into your life, all right? Some of you can't get past them first few, few words, you know. Mm -hmm. Be ye not unequally yoked. Together with unbelievers. God said, if you're going to walk with me, if you're going to be in walking distance with me, if you're going to be in close relationship where you can reach out and touch me, you can't bring these unbelievers with you. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. So many times we think that we can change people because we're holy. And because we're set apart. We think that because if I hang around them and you misinterpret scripture, when God sent us here to help unbelievers, you have to get to know him, not you. And sometimes when you get yoked up with these believers, these unbelievers, and you start having issues, now you're going to run back with God and ask God what's wrong. Because you hooked up with unbelievers. If they are unbelievers, I've seen people who want to marry Muslims, and you're Christians. That's an unbeliever. You can't do that, okay? I've seen people who are, well, y'all don't want me to go through all the, the scenarios, but, but I'm sure that if, you had, if you're sitting out there and you're hearing me, you know what I'm talking about, okay? All right. God said, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteous with unrighteous? 
You're supposed to be a, a, a good, I tell my daughter, she's ready to go off to college. You're a good girl. Don't hang with bad boys or bad girls. It's just that if God said don't be unequally yoked. Well, they say they're slaves. They say they're slaves. The Bible declares by their fruits you will know them. Mm-hmm. So now, since you question God, God makes you go deeper. And he makes you look at their fruits. Well, ain't, no, ain't nobody perfect. Well, no, they're not perfect. But there are some who are striving for perfection, and some just don't even care about perfection. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to keep making excuses with God, God just going to let you make your own excuse. But he's not promising you that he's going to be with you through all the heartaches and pains that this thing going to cost you. You won't be in touching distance. He'll still be there to watch over you, but you won't be in arm length distance where you can touch him. All right? Let's keep going on. Now, all he's saying, these are the requirements. You can do your own thing. You are a free moral agent, free will. You can do whatever you want to do. If you want to walk close with God, you can. If you want to walk from afar off, you can. But remember, he is still God, whether he's close or afar. The problem is going to come in with do you have him on your side. So what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteous, and what communion has light with darkness? I know when I turn this light, these lights off in this room, man, it's pitch dark. But as soon as I turn the light on, I don't know where the darkness went, but it fled. Mm-hmm. It got away from it. And God's saying the same thing with you. You cannot fellowship with certain people who are not saved and not want to be saved. You can't marry somebody who is unsaved. Well, I can get him saved. Then you become his God. You're going to find out that he has some problems that you or she can't deal with. What concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? A sinner. Somebody who don't even care about things of God. But you're trying to be holy around them. That does not work. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Did you just hear that? He just shifted, so to speak, because people were thinking about the temple, and God said, no, you're the temple. You are the temple of the living God. So whatever you do, God knows about it. I'll leave that one alone. And God has said, I will what? Dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they should be my people. You claim me, God said, I claim you. Yeah. You don't hear this, do you? Let this get in your spirit so that you can hear it. God's saying that not only is he going to walk with you, but he's going to walk in you. He's going to be the blessing or the, 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 the source that people are looking for. There are people who are around you that need financial help. God wants to manifest himself in you so that you can be a blessing to those people. There are people who are around you who are sick. God wants to be a blessing to you so that he can touch those who are sick. Yeah. I know that's that, that, that uh, flash flood warning thing. So if you all, all could, I know you might be, you know, looking for a phone call or something. But since they're sending that thing out, can you just probably cut it off because you can't silence it. It's just got a way of doing things, all right? All right, and I promise you, if the rapture occur while your phone is off, God knows where to find you, all right? Right, he's not going to have to call you and tell you, get ready. All right? So if there's a real emergency, 
You're going to be caught up with him, all right? Short of that, you're all right. Okay. All right. So, all right. Wherefore, he said, because of this, watch this, for you are the temple of God, the living God. God has said, I will dwell in them. Don't make me lie. I will dwell in them, walk in them, and I will be their God. That's one of the biggest promises that you can receive. The fact that God's tell everybody else, I am their God. When you go through scriptures and you see when God had to step up and remind somebody that he was their God, some bad things happened. There was a whole army was drowning in the Red Sea because God displayed that he was their God. And you can't touch what I have. Okay, when God sanctified Israel as being holy, can nobody touch? If he just said that you are his people, what did that do to you? It sanctified you. It made you holy. You might not feel like it. You might not even be looking like it. But God said, you my people. So therefore, whatever I claim, remember the teaching that I've been teaching you, whatever God claims as his becomes a part of him. It is holy. So don't get mad and walk out of here. I don't want to be holy. You are. You are a peculiar person. You're unique. You're different in all of your ways. Once you really grab this, when you do something wrong, it's going to vex you. It's going to get to you. You're not going to be able to sleep at night. You're going to want to talk to God about it. Why? Because he's not going to let you rest in your mess. Why? Because you are actually holy. So it's going to bother you to drink some more. It's going to bother you to keep shacking. It's going to bother you to hit a blunt. It's going to bother you when you go to bed and you get there and you know you ain't married to them. It's going to bother you. Why? Because you're holy. It's going to bother you when you cuss somebody out. Because you're holy. Well, it ain't going to bother me. I just go cuss. Okay, all right. Because God has a way of whooping his children. Mm -hmm. God can spank your butt and, and nobody see a lick, a scar, or nothing. You can't go to the police and tell them that, look, God whipped me. <laughs> Where are the scars? There, there are none. So, so how is God abusing you? He, he has beat my tail. What? Okay, no evidence. Because he's doing it in the spirit. So understanding holiness puts you in a position where God claims rights to you. He can bless you, but he can also whoop your tail. Now, y'all hear me telling y'all this. So when you walk out of here and you've been on still doing it your way, don't say nothing. You come back here and in worship time, you just crying. People look at what's wrong with them? You know what's wrong, all right? Ain't that they feel him. They really feel him. All right. So let me keep going. Wherefore, because of these promises, and I told you I'm going to live in you, and you're going to be my people, wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you. God saying, if you do what you're supposed to do, I will receive you. I'll accept you. See, some of you claim him as being God. You're God, but your lifestyle saying that you had received him. 
I received Jesus when I was two years old. Really? Your lifestyle telling me you need to do it again. Uh-huh. So how you living? That tells you how holy you are. It tells you how close you are with God. You can't live any kind of way and serve this God. You cannot do it. He is holy. He is holy. He is so holy that the Old Testament father, when they tried to look upon him, they, they could. Let me, let me tell you, let me just give you a little sample of God's holiness. Have any of you all ever looked directly into the sun? You just ever, I mean, sun bright, you looked up and you're like, ooh, think about his holiness. It is totally blinding. Next time the sun come out just, just, and it's bright, just look at it. See if you can look at the sun. When you finally look at it and look down, you're going to have a little black spots because you can't see nothing. It's just that powerful. And that sun is nowhere near the power of the glory of God. So not only can you not touch it, now you understand when the, forefather, when the, when the patriarchs talk about the God that hid their faith, they couldn't look at it. Isaiah was the only somebody who said, I saw the Lord. And I don't know how he did it. But he said, I saw the Lord. But when he saw him, it broke him down. He realized, I am nothing. I'm unclean. I'm, I'm, the words that I speak, they don't even average out to being nothing. All right. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord God Almighty. Once you decide that you're going to be clean and you're going to come out from the unclean things, God said, I will receive you. So let me give you some takeaway points from what we just had. Since there's so many scriptures, I want to break it down to you a little bit more and let you know exactly what God is requiring. These are your takeaway points. There's a cleansing that God alone does in our lives, okay? But there's also a cleansing that God wants to do in collaboration with us. There's a thing that God does, but then there's a thing that God wants you to do. So you can't put all of it on God and say, God, just cleanse me, work me out, do this, do this. No, that's not how God works. So there's two aspects that God wants you to understand. There's a part that he's going to do, and this work of cleansing is really God's work in us and not our work. There's a part in you that God's going to be working in. You remember that part I told you? There's something that you may be hanging on to, and you really don't call it sin, but it is sin. God's going to get you out of those things, okay? He's going to keep working with you until you let those things go. There are some things that God's going to instantly deliver you from, and you're not going to know you even delivered. You didn't even know you was delivered. There are some things that's going to go through a process, but it's still God. How many of y'all still cuss like you used to? Nobody in here does? Nobody cuss? Okay. All right. Then what you do is you've got to submit that thing to God and say, God, help me. Because I don't like cussing people out. It just shows, and I'm going to hit you with something, it just shows my ignorance. Ignorance is simply meaning that you just don't know. You can't find a word to tell them, so the first word come out is a cuss word. Your vocabulary is not big enough to express yourself, so you just cuss your way through it. That's ignorance. You're just not knowing how to express yourself. And that just set up straight. Just set up straight. You're going to be all right. You're going to take this, but you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. God's going to heal your heart. All right. So how do I get through that, Pastor? How do I stop it? This is how you stop it. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. God, he is faithful. God, I know I'm wrong. 
I know I shouldn't be cussing folks out. God, God, help me. Please, God, help me. You know what God may do? He may send you somebody who can cuss better than you. <laughs> You're trying to be a Christian, and they don't care nothing about your Christianity, nothing about your God. God sent them to you and cuss you up and down. And ain't nothing you can do. You should say one little word of cuss word, two little cuss words here and there, but you wasn't really a cusser, but he sent you a straight cusser. Mm-hmm. And they cuss you at, the, at an inopportune time. A time when you don't want to be cussed out. Mm-hmm. And it's over something that you didn't even really think it was worth being cussed out for. But then they went and you blank, 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 and then they start talking about your mama, then your daddy, and your children. Yeah, these folks will go there. They don't care nothing about you, your children, your mama, your daddy, and you are you one of them cute cussers. You couldn't go there. You couldn't cuss nobody. I mean, I couldn't cuss your mama out, then your daddy out, and then now your children. I couldn't do that. But, but God's going to send somebody your way because he always sends somebody just like you to show you how bad you look. Mm-hmm. So when you hear them cussing you out and you can't find a word, and uh, you know when you can't find a word, you just get mad. You want to fight. You better not fight them because they street. They be used to fighting. Take your whooping, all right? You take your whooping, all right? Because it can escalate. All right. So here we go. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all that unrighteousness. If you confess it, God said, I'll deliver you. But you got to confess it as wrong. Amen. How many of y'all been delivered from cussing? Praise God. Look at the hands go up. Look at the hands go up. I'm going to ask you one more question. Is all those words out of you? No. You don't know. Yes, somebody say no, and the rest of y'all don't know. All right? All right? Because you're not in a position where you have to use one of them. So, so you won't know until the test of time come your way, okay? I pray that they all out, all right? But we will know, all right? And then when you find one, jump up. Then you confess it on out. Get it on out of your God, look, there it is. <laughs> they pulled it out. Now, God... That word can't come out no more. You got to help me. All right, you understand? All right, so now let's look at the second point. All right, the second point or the second aspect of cleansing is that God looks for us to participate with our own effort, our own deeds, our own work, our own hands. Not that it is apart from God, but God is working with us as we do it. He's giving us the strength to want to do what's right. When you mess up, he'll convict you. That's God working with you. So that way you won't say, I delivered myself. No, baby. Seth didn't even want to be delivered. So God works with you to get that cussing spirit out. All right? So now, this aspect there we're mostly connecting with the intimacy with God and our usefulness to him. In other words, because you have admitted that this thing is in me, I've got to put on me some worship music, and I've got to reach out and touch him. And in my worship, I may be singing, but he's working. So your part is to get into his presence. Have you ever been out in the sun and just, you know, sunbathed or laid out in the sun, just looked up and just let the sun hit your face? Well, that's what you're doing in your worship. You put on you some worship music, and you just go to God, and you just let it all pour out. And God, I know I'm wrong. God, just help me. God, I don't want to be like this. 
And God, I worship you. Just put, if you can't sing, just put the worship music on and just make a joyful noise to the Lord and just worship him. And that's the way he cleanses you. I'm telling you because I know. I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you the truth. So I know if it worked for me, it'll work for you. Amen? But your worship means so much because now it puts you in contact with God so he can bring some stuff out of you. Let me ask you a question. How can you expect God to purify your heart when you're repeatedly focusing your eyes, your ears, uh, your hands on forbidden stuff? How can God purify you if you keep feeding the lust of the flesh? You keep going back to the old thing, that old nature, that old way. But you're trying to be holy, but you keep going back. At some point, God says, you stop it. You do it. I'm still God. I'm still cleansing you, but you keep going back out in the mud. You keep going back out in the dirt. Protect your eyes. Protect what you're hearing. Stop what you're doing, and I will receive you. You're so close to God. You're coming to church. You even come to Bible study sometimes. And when you're by yourself, you might even listen to some gospel music. You're so close, but yet you're so far because you keep feeding the flesh. You got to watch what they go on, what's going on on TV. It's feeding the flesh. You got to watch what you're watching on, 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 the, on, the, on, the, on the computer system. It's feeding the flesh. And I don't need to get all into that. You know you, right? And you know what I'm talking about. All right. I was told, <laughs> I got to hurry and finish, but so I ain't going to tell you who told me that. But uh, I'm going to go ahead on. Bless, bless their heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everything that can defile our body or spirit. Now, we often think about this, that, you know, we know what defiles our body, okay? You hear me? There's some stuff that defiles our body, and we leave it at that. How many of you realize that your spirit can be defiled with some stuff? Soul ties, all this stuff that's going on in your spirit, you need to cleanse it. Well, my spirit is holy. Really? Some stuff is lodged, lodged deep inside of you. And you're going to need a spiritual cleanse to get it out. And sometimes it's easier to deal with the filthiness of the flesh than to deal with your own filthy spirit. Have you ever walked up on somebody and you just felt like they, they and wasn't that they were dirty uh, uh, in a disgrace, but something inside them was just nasty. You just felt something unclean, something wasn't right with them. That's in spiritual stuff. And your spirit can get messed up, twisted. Sometimes with pride. Sometimes you start focusing on yourself. One of the biggest things is bitterness. Bitterness will get into your spirit. You just mean nasty. You don't even realize it. And you think you're smiling. And everybody looking at you like you... You've been eating lemons. Your spirit is so nasty that your facial expression shows that something's wrong. Just mean-spirited, my mom used to call it. You're just so mean-spirited. I didn't understand what that was. We were little growing up. Uh, my mom, 
I talk about my family, so you get mad if I talk about yours. My family loved me enough to laugh at it. One of my sisters, she said, you're just so mean-spirited. I didn't know what she was talking about. She didn't know what she was talking about. But when we got in the church, we realized, oh, that's what she was talking about. You, you know what she was talking about. We began to understand some stuff, all right? So, all right, let's keep going. All right, uh, let's go to the next slide. I call this the fear factor. From 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. And remember that the heavenly Father whom you pray has no favorites. Now, what he do for me, he'll do for you. I am blessed, not because I'm a preacher from that pulpit. I'm blessed because of my walk with God. I can tell the difference because when I wasn't walking with God, it wasn't easy. I, the, the blessing wasn't just like it is flowing out now. But because of my walk with God, everything changes. Not only am I a blessing, but I'm a blessing to others. And there's no credit I can give myself. I don't have the degree, the education, all this kind of stuff. I make up my own words. Y'all know that. So it ain't. It's, it ain't. It's not. <laughs> you know, I break a verb, uh, you know, uh, you know. But that's me. And in spite of me, God still blesses. So it can't be my works. It's got to be my relationship. And because my relationship with God is so tight, I can treat her right. You don't hear me. You don't understand that. Because that was a time when I wasn't treating her right. Because I wasn't walking in touching distance. I wasn't walking right with God. I had my own issues that I was trying to face out. But when I let that stuff go and I was able to see him, everything else starts to revolve around me and come closer to me, and I, 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 I just saw me in a different way. No longer do I want to do that. You, you missed that. I don't want to do that. How many of y'all still got some stuff that you're doing you don't want to do? The only thing, oh, all y'all say, y'all all got it together in here. You're lying. You know you're lying. But I'm going to let you get away with it because I ain't got much time. All right? All right? I go prophetic on you and I start pulling all your stuff out. Stand up. Let me tell you this about you. Stand up. Let me tell you about this. No, nah, you don't stand up. You just keep sitting there because I'm going to knock you down. You know? No, uh uh. Let me get back to scripture, all right? Lying in church. And remember that the heavenly Father who you, whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you. You hear that? He will either judge you or reward you. According, that's all right. We ain't raptured. Just hang on. All right. Judge you or, or, or reward you according to what you do. That right there tells me a whole lot. He's going to either judge me or reward me on what I'm doing. So I'm going to do what's right because I want the reward. I don't want him judging me. Do you hear this? So this is an incentive for you to do the right thing because he's going to judge you whether you do good or bad. And I want the blessings. I don't want no curses. Now, here it comes. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. You thought you was here to stay, baby. No, you're here temporarily. And God going to one day evict you. He's going to put you out of this place. Now, I thank God that we have a place not made by man's hands. Uh-huh. 
I have a heavenly home. That's why I'm living like I'm a king. Not just because my last name is King, but I really, I'm a king. Did I say it right? I'm a, or I am a king, however you want to put it, all right? So I know that I'm not here to stay, but while I'm here to stay, I'm going to enjoy this life. Some of y'all ain't enjoying life. You're just going through it. There's no way I'm going to go through all my life. There's some time when I'm going to enjoy some good time. I'm going to enjoy some, some satisfying time. I'm going to enjoy some nice, why? Because I'm walking with him. I know every level there's a new stress, there's a new opportunity, there's a new this, but I'm determined to forget those things that are behind me, and I'm pressing forward toward the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. Some of that stuff that I go through only cleanse and sanctify me for my next level. Because if I, if I let all y'all wrap around me and y'all pull it from me, when I get to this next level, I'm going to get tired of you and I'm going to tell you where to get off at because I've got to get here. So sometimes a level will sanctify you so that you don't bring all those leeches with you. I know that was heavy, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me keep moving. All right. Because of fear, reverent fear of him, not the type of fear that brings torment or judgment, that you're afraid of, of whatever, you know, of everything, you're shaking. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. The fear he's talking about now is reverence fear. That's the type of fear that, that you know, and I put some notes down here for you, all right? Uh, most people go to work because they fear being broke. Mm-hmm. What would you be like if you had no money? You feel you'd be broke. <laughs> you'd be, you know, you're afraid every bill come to your to, to the to the to the mailbox. You afraid to go to the mailbox because you, you know that they, they answer the phone. You people calling you, you won't even answer the phone because you think that that's fear. The bill collect on the other end. You know, yeah, you turn your oh yeah, or your phone, and then eventually they're gonna turn your phone off, and then you're scared to answer the door because you don't never know who's gonna knock on the door. Fear. So most of us get up and go to work because we're, we're afraid of being broke and not having anything. Most people work out because they're fearful they might, you know, get out of shape or lose their shape. And leave that one alone. All right. Most people get, <laughs> most people get checkups because they're fear of being sick. So it's not the fear of this or that. It's, 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 it's the fear of respect. Because I know what he has done for me and wants to do with me, I put some handles on myself. I put some handcuffs on myself so that I don't put myself in a position where I will offend him. If I'm walking with him, I don't want to offend him. I don't want to make him sad or, or, or hurtful or, un, or, or, or upset with me. My holiness with him means so much to me. I don't know how much it means to him, but I know how much it means to me. Just to have a God that I can reach out and touch sometimes means so much to me. Because sometimes the pressures of this life can come in and get so heavy that I want to be able to lift up my hands and just touch him. Because if I can just touch him and I know he's there, that says so much to me. That means he is God and that if he knows what's going on and he does not do anything about it, that means we got some problems. There's no way God can see me going through stuff and don't do nothing. He is not that type of a God. All through the Bible, all through scriptures, I found out that when he see his people in trouble, he's right there. So I can even rest when I'm going through stuff that God, it came to pass. 
This is going to be over. It ain't going to last forever. All right, let me give you one more scripture, all right? Thank you. This is what I'm more respectful for what he has done. 1 Peter chapter 18 verse, uh, and, and 20 through 20. For you know that God paid a ransom to save your little miserable, raggedy life. You living like the devil, and God saved you from the demons. Mm-hmm. So he saved you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, from your mama and your daddy and your grandmama and your granddaddy and your great-grandmama and, your, and keep going on, on, on. The reason why some people are still living empty lives and don't have what they want is because you don't realize God's trying to rescue you. So you, my mama did it, so I'm doing it. My daddy was this way, so I'm that way. You fighting your mom and your daddy's demons? Baby, let theirs go because you have your own. Break that stuff. If you know your mom and daddy used to cuss everybody out, stop cussing. If you know your mom and daddy used to steal, stop stealing. You know what your mom and daddy used to do. If they ran the street, then you get out the streets. You hear me? Stop carrying their curse when you got your own thing that you got to deal with. I'm doing it because it's a generation curse. You don't have to be cursed. Well, the Bible say that the nigga that my father's going to visit, it might visit, but there's a visit. How many of y'all still got visitors in your house right now? Uh, no, they gone. Why? Because they were visitors. They weren't there to stay. Your iniquity of your father and your mother's generation will visit you, but you don't let them stay. You put them out. Mm-hmm. Quit playing. All right. So listen to this. Is not, is, and is not paid with mere gold or silver, which loses its value. It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Holy One of Israel, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That blood will never lose its value. It will never lose its value. It will never lose its value. The most thing that we put our stock market and our economy on gold and silver, the Bible says loses its value. But the blood of Jesus will never lose its value. It has the same power now as it did when he first God chose him as our ransom long before the world began. But now, in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake and mine. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.